Hello, welcome to City Hope Church. Today, Pastor Peter will be bringing a sermon titled, What If God Was a Scrooge? Excellent. Well, we should pray and get some Jesus around us, hey, as we come open the word of God. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit this morning in church. Father, thank you that we can uh, come and open your word, Lord, and uh, just celebrate the, the message that is, is Jesus Christ at Christmas. And so, Father, we just thank you today, God. Holy Spirit, just be here and, and, uh, and anoint me as I preach this morning, I pray. Uh, Lord, that, that it will be a challenging word. Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. It is always a challenge. Uh, I've been preaching the Christmas story, which surprisingly doesn't change from year to year. Uh, and I've been preaching the Christmas story for about 20 years. And uh, in the lead up, kind of the three or four weeks leading up to Christmas, I preached the Christmas story by 20 years. That's 80 Christmas messages that I've preached over the years. And I always try and, in the, uh, as I come to Christmas, try and come up with a different way of looking at the Christmas story and, or a different way of preaching the Christmas story. And, and so this morning I want to preach on the extreme generosity of God that the Christmas story is. But I want to take a bit of a different twist uh, with that. And we're, we're preaching uh, a series at the moment called Christmas Hope at City Hope. And the, the, the hope that is a baby in a manger is, is just amazing. And, and you know, I was, I was watching, I was at Rabina Town Centre yesterday with the other three or four million people from the Gold Coast. Uh, and as I just, I, I just sat and watched, and as the, everyone's like buzzing by and, and busy and all that kind of stuff, and I, I thought, you know, really in, in most people, I, I would think that deep down inside, there's a, there's a, like deep down inside, there's a hope in them that there's some truth to the Christmas story. Now we know, we know there is. And there's, we know our hope is in Jesus Christ. As Christians, we know that. But it, it's, I, I think that, that if you really got down to the grassroots of somebody's life, they hope that there's truth in, in God with us, that there was a baby born in a manger and, and that there is hope in death, there is hope in, in prayer and there is hope through Jesus Christ. And I, I, think, I, I think that we need to communicate that hope and, and I encourage you to invite people to our, our, uh, our Christmas uh, day service on Christmas Day for an hour and our, our Christmas extravaganza next week and, and invite people. And if you can't invite people, if, 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 uh, if, if they say no, tell them about Jesus anyway. And, and just, you know, I, I think people are open now in this Christmas season to hear about Jesus. And it's amazing if there's a, a terrorist attack somewhere or something bad happens. It's amazing you see in the media, let's pray. Let's pray for the people of Paris or let's pray for the people of Nice or let's pray for the people of Strasbourg. And, and it's, it's amazing because I think even, even the, the leftist orientated media Deep down, there's a hope that the message of Christmas is true. And that's why they often say, you know, pray, you know, hashtag pray for Paris or whatever, wherever a, a bad thing has happened. And so a couple of weeks ago, I preached on uh, the indescribable gift that is Jesus Christ. Uh, we had some gifts around and, and uh, we tried to describe the indescribable gift of Jesus. And then last week we talked about the scripture, Emmanuel, God is with us. And what a powerful thought that is, that God is with us. And it doesn't matter what we face 
in life, God is with us. And, and that is just a, a, a powerful, powerful thought. And last week, particularly, we talked about how, how God is attracted to the broken. To the, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 34 and verse 18 that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and close to those of a crushed spirit. And I, and I, I like the fact that, that it's almost like that there's a, there's a, a radar in, in, in God's heart that, that looks for those that are brokenhearted, looks for those that are downtrodden, looks for those that are going through hard times and locks in on them and is, is attracted, his presence is attracted to the brokenhearted. The Bible certainly says that he is, he is uh, unattracted to those of an arrogant heart. In fact, the Bible says that he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. In fact, that word resist means that he sets himself in battle array against the proud. I mean, you, you don't want to tick off God to the point where he sets himself in battle array against you. And, and that's you know, an arrogant spirit, a, a, a prideful heart will do that. But a broken heart, a, a, a crushed spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit locks in, locks on and, and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and I'm going I'm to be with that particular person. So that was last week. This morning, I want to talk a little bit initially about uh, the Charles Dickens, Charles Dickens story, The Christmas Carol. And I, I kind of, I'm assuming a, 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 at least a little bit of understanding of what The Christmas Carol is about. Uh, in 1843, Charles Dickens wrote a, a story uh, and he titled it A Christmas Carol. And there's been about 780,000 movies uh, of the same title. Uh, a, a Christmas Carol. But basically the story is that there was a, uh, a, a cranky old rich man and his name was Ebenezer Scrooge and he was filthy rich. And we have some pictures here. These are all Bitcoins. And <laughs> he, was, he, he was just like, like he was just rich. He just had lots of money. And he had a had an employee called uh, Cratchit. What was his first name? Bob. Bob Cratchit. And uh, Bob Cratchit had a disabled son. And, and uh, in some of the movies, some of the, 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 the scenes that I watched on YouTube this week, you know, Bob Cratchit's in his office and, and it's freezing cold. And he goes and he sneaks a couple of pieces of coal to put on the fire of the office to warm the fire up. And uh, Ebenezer Scrooge talks about how much that's a, a waste, of, waste of money, you know, um, you know, putting coal on the fire. You know, you've got clothes. That's, uh, anyway, Ebenezer Scrooge is just, he's just an evil man. Just an evil man. Don't, don't take that. See that? He was just, just evil. And, and so he had all this money. Who would like some? Would you like some? No. There's no chance. Anyway, so I've got a, just to, to, get, to put you into the picture of how evil Ebenezer Scrooge was, uh, I've, I've got some philosophers uh, that are going to tell you a little bit about Ebenezer Scrooge. Let's watch the screen. So that's Scrooge. And so as Charles Dickens wrote the story, it, it, the story goes that uh, his business manager, uh, Marley, had died. And so he comes back as a ghost. And he warns Scrooge that if he continues to be nasty, that uh, he's going to get three visits. And he gets a visit from the ghost of Christmas past, the, gross, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. 
and he basically tells Ebenezer Scrooge uh, that you know he's he's been a horrible person and and that ultimately he's going to die and he's going to die a lonely old death and nobody's going to mourn him. And ultimately Scrooge changes, and he actually starts to be kind. Would you like one of these? You can take as many as you like. Would you like one, Kev? Wonderful. And so Amanda's going to hand out Scrooge's money. Here, take this one too. And Ray, you better... Oh, but we just need to give one to Ray because, because he... There we go, Ray. There we go, Renee. Wonderful. Good job. So... Thinking this week about God and the, 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 the incredible generosity that is the Christmas story, I thought, what, what would be different in the Christmas story if God was like Scrooge? We, we kind of understand, uh, we take a little bit for granted the, the generosity of, of, of forgiveness, the generosity of, of, of salvation to all men. But what if, what if God, before Scrooge changed, what if God was like Scrooge? Now, it's, it's not entirely too hard to imagine because it's amazing some of the religions of the world, they serve an angry God. I, I, uh, I've been to Bali a few times and it's amazing in Bali there's all these uh, little, pitch, little uh, cardboard things with flowers in them that they leave at altars all, the, all along through Bali and you jump into a cab and they've got these flowers uh, on the, the, the front uh, dash of their car and I, I've asked a few people what are they for and it's, they've got to do it in the morning to appease their God. So their, their, their God is basically in a posture of anger and they've got, to, they've got to appease their God. And so they're, they're doing all these things because their God is angry. So what if, what if God was like Scrooge? What would change in the salvation story? The first thing, if God was like Scrooge, there would be no Christmas. There would be no Christmas story. Matthew 1 and verse 23 says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, if God was like Scrooge, do you think, do you think God would send his son down to the lowly, sin-laden people that needed to be saved, that the, the, the people that are, are, are doomed to a lost eternity in the wretchedness of their sin and filth, if God was like Scrooge, do you think that he would send his son? Have you ever crossed any, have you come, ever come across anybody that's a bit snobby? <laughs> Melanie and I, Melanie and I were one time, we were having a break. This is when we lived in Brisbane. Uh, a few years ago, and we're having a break, and we were up at the Novotel at Twin Waters at Noosa. And uh, Lakeisha at that stage was just about three or four, and we were there beside the pool, but in the spa beside the pool. And we were there, Melly, do you remember this story? Yeah, and we were there sitting there, and there was another couple in the pool, in the, in the spa with us. And so we were just chatting and Lakeisha was just playing on the side and we were just chatting and uh, we were kind of getting 
quite well with get on getting on quite well with these people. We're talking about what they did for a job and what I do for a job and, and Melanie was working and we were just chatting and, and then the lady said after about fifteen minutes the lady said, Where are you where do you guys live? And we said, oh, we live at Mount Cravat. And literally she went, Oh, the south side. Like, I didn't realise that, that Mount Gravatt was like some sort of evil ghetto filled with like evil, like wretched sinners, but apparently in her world it was. And we had not made the cut in terms of friendship and literally that was the end of the conversation. Because they, yeah, they got out and walked away because we obviously had that Mount Gravatt smell about us. Uh, so if you live in Logan, which is even further south... Wow, just that's deep south, man. That's like Alabama. You were living in Alabama of Brisbane, right here, and uh, we were just amazed at the at the snobbery. Uh, I, I sometimes get it when when you walk on a plane and you have to walk through business class, and you just you sometimes feel the glare. It's kind of like, oh, you're one of the poor people at the back, and you just. You, like I, wore, I wear it with pride. I just go, yeah, I'm going to sit there very close to my fellow man and I'm okay with that. But you guys enjoy your flight up here and if we crash in on mountain, you're first to go. That's all I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> That's how I deal with it. Uh, but anyway. But if, if, if God was like Scrooge, maybe he'd work out some other way of trying to save humanity, but he wouldn't send his son. But what an amazing thing. God is not like Scrooge. What an amazing thing that God sent his son, Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Jesus didn't come into existence at Christmas time. Jesus was already part of the Trinity. And he sent, God sent his son, Jesus. And, and that which had been the creator came into creation. Like that in itself is, is mind-blowing, really, when you think about it, that, that, that Jesus, the Creator, that the Bible talks about how Jesus, in John 1, that Jesus was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was there from the beginning. So Jesus was there from the beginning. And now He takes on human form, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us. What an amazingly generous posture when we really think about it, that the fact that God saw that mankind needed salvation and the only way that we could be saved was that for Jesus to come and save us. That is phenomenally generous. If God was like Scrooge, the redemption of man wouldn't have taken place simply because the price was too high. In Ephesians 1 and verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Acts 20 and verse 28 says, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock amongst which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. The cost of redeeming mankind was phenomenally expensive. And I would imagine if Scrooge was, was counting out his dollars and he was saying, well, okay, if I, if I, if I redeem mankind, that's going to cost me 
it's going to cost me. And when you really think about it, it cost God everything because he was bankrupt. And I would imagine that Scrooge would have said, the cost is too high. Have you ever gone to buy something and you, you really, really want it? And like you really want it? And you look at it and then you say no and you go back and you look at it and then you ring up a few weeks later to see if the price has dropped. This was my experience about 18 months ago when the 2017 ZX-14 Ninja was released. If you know what a ZX-14 Ninja is, it's a motorbike. Uh, it does give any owner that owns it happiness. <laughs> and I have a ZX-14 Ninja but it's a 2009 model and whilst it goes adequately at the moment, it's not the same. And so I thought I would go and purchase myself a 2017 Ninja motorcycle until I saw the price tag. And so I prayed about it <laughs> and I dropped some hints actually, I think I dropped some hints in church, if I remember rightly, last Christmas. Uh, I, I made mention that it would be a great thing for this church to purchase for me. I mean, this year I'm, I'm dropping hints about bullets and Diet Coke, which is a lot cheaper. <laughs> because nobody bought me the Ninja motorbike last year. Uh, I know, Cheryl. Thank you. I feel, I, I feel that you feel my pain. And thank you for that. But I have longingly looked at the ZX-14 2017 edition, the one, the green and the black one, um, if, you, if you're shopping this week. Uh, they're very nice. And uh, there's a bike shop just north of the Ikea store, uh, Brisbane Bikes, and they've got them in stock. But ultimately I didn't buy it and the only reason I didn't buy it was not because Melanie said no. Uh, the only reason I didn't buy it was because I couldn't afford it. But every box, every other box was ticked. I wanted it, it was there, it would have given me happiness, uh, I've got the right licence for it, I could have put it in my garage. Um, you know, like I mean, I even felt Jesus say possible, possibly. Like I mean, all the, all the boxes were ticked but it was just too expensive. And so I've settled for my old bike. But if God, if, if, if when Scrooge, if God was like Scrooge, maybe he would have been like me and he would have gone, well, look, I want to redeem mankind. I mean, it would be great to have them forgiven of their sin. It'd be great to bring some mankind into heaven and it'd be great to save them from, from hell. But the cost is just too prohibitive. Like, I mean, I have to send Jesus, my son, on the cross. Like, like he has to leave the Trinity here and become man and be beaten, spat upon, nailed to a cross. He needs to go to hell for some, for some time. The cost is just too prohibitive. If God was like Scrooge, I would think God would have walked away from the Christmas story. I think God would have walked away and said, the cost is simply too much. Particularly when he thought that, as, as the Ephesian scripture says, that 
He purchased us with his own blood. The cost of purchasing mankind was the blood of Jesus Christ. If God was like Scrooge, he would have said, no, the cost is too high. I'm not, I'm not giving my son's blood. But what an amazing thing that the generosity of God, God came up with the plan. God said, I'll send my son. God said, I will, I, I will, I will pay the cost, the generosity of God. Christmas hope is about God paying the price to purchase you and I. So that when we go from this life to the next, Jesus is there at the doorway to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. If God was like Scrooge, and let's just say that he did pay the price, maybe he would force us to accept the gift and remove our free will. Okay, now if you've got toddlers, this has happened in your world, right? Let me get a present. Let me take this present, right? Let me reenact Lakeisha. No, let me reenact Laura opening a present when she was three. Okay, now this, so this, would be, this is Laura, okay? This is an actual reenactment, right? She's here. She opens it up. Now inside the box, Melanie and I have spent hours traveling, traversing all the way through all the shops and we have purchased the most perfect present that a three-year-old could ever want. And we know that it's going to produce great happiness and joy in Laura's life. And, and I mean, we spent some money on it. I mean, this, the present was like several hundred dollars. And so we saved up and Melanie went and got a second job. We sold her motorbike. And, uh, we've, and so this, we are, Melanie and I are so excited about this present. And so Laura comes out on Christmas morning and she's rubbing her eyes and she's you know, just the cute little three-year-old that she is. And she comes up and she opens up the present and she's just so excited and she opens it. And she looks inside and then she takes out the present and looks at the present and puts it down and then begins to play with the box because it's a cubby hole. And she's climb, climbing in and out. And she's having so much fun with the box. And so I'm then, uh, let's pretend that this is the present. I'm, I'm there with Laura and I'm saying, here Laura, play with this. It's like, a, it's like a puppy. And she's too interested in the box. So then I'm smacking her and I'm saying, play with the toy woman, right? I'm grounding her, she's smacked. I mean, it's, it's like child services are involved. All because I wanted to play, I wanted to play with the toy. Now, think for a moment how God feels when this is the gift of salvation and it comes wrapped up. It comes wrapped up in a baby. And imagine how Jesus feels or God feels when we take salvation out and all we do is get excited about a baby being born in a manger. And we forget the gift of salvation. Now, if God was like Scrooge, God would have done exactly like I wanted to do to Laura. And I was going to make her play with the toy. You're playing with the toy woman. And then Melanie's there saying, no, she just wants to play with the rabbit. I'm going, but the toy. Anyway, I've never given her a present again, so she'll learn. 
I would imagine if God, if God was like Scrooge, God would say to, to Deanne, do you want Jesus? Hang on, let me get Jesus again. <laughs> do you want Jesus? And you'd say no. No. And then I would go like this. I'd go, <laughs> and then Deanne would have no free will anymore. And then I would say, do you want Jesus? And she would say yes. And then da-da. And then I could give the gift of salvation to everybody because I just sucked their brains out. And I oh know it's empty already. And uh, oh, that's what you get for not playing with my toy at three. Okay. I'm in trouble now. It's all right. I'll buy you an extra Christmas present. If God was like Scrooge, he would have removed free will because you imagine, imagine for a moment the heart of God that he's, he's paid the price of salvation and then so many people reject him. How, how do you think that makes God feel? I, I would imagine God, God, wants, God wants to remove our free will. Except don't go to hell, don't choose to go to hell. But the minute he removes our free will is the minute we stop being humanity. So we can choose what we do with salvation. If God was like Scrooge, salvation would not be for all people. I mean, if I, if, if I have to buy chocolates for everybody, then these chocolates, well, they cost back $30, Right? Now, that could be expensive. Let's just say that it was $300. And so what we did was, instead of buying one for everybody, we would just like buy... We'd just buy 10, and I would just... Salvation would just be for the pretty people. Okay, Murray gets one. <laughs> No, you don't get one. Um, <laughs> Black haircut and everything. Come on. Fabian. Oh, okay, you get one too. Yeah, that's for the baby. David, no kidding. Uh, so, imagine for a moment that, that if God was like Scrooge, that rather than making salvation for everybody, I mean, the Bible talks about that he came for all people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. What if salvation was only for black people? Hey, the black people down here. Here we go. Chocolates. Yeah, salvation. Come on. Here we go. Chocolates for everybody. This is salvation for everybody. Right. That's it. But, but the, the white people... No. Oh, what if salvation was just for a particular race, the Russians? We have any Russians here this morning? Comrade, Comrade no, no, no. What if, what if salvation or heaven was only for 144,000 people? What if salvation was for only for people that made the pilgrimage to Mecca? 
What if salvation was only for the people that got to church a thousand times in their life? See, if God was like Scrooge, he would put limits. But you know what? God hasn't done that. God, see, it's great because salvation is open to black people, to Colombians. Even Kiwis. That shows you the generosity. That's when Jesus made the, lo- the, lo- the loaves and the fushas. That's why there was five and not sucks. Anyway. But God's not like Scrooge. And God has made salvation for everybody. That, that, see, the generosity of God is that all races, all nations, all people, it doesn't matter whether you're pretty not pretty, it doesn't matter whether you're rich, it doesn't matter whether you're poor, it doesn't matter. If you have oxygen in your lungs, salvation is for you. The generosity of God. If God was like Scrooge, you would have to earn your way in. Let me tell you one of the things I hate about Qantas. I fly a fair bit, so I have frequent flyer points. And then, so I'm flying my family down at Christmas time to my parents' place, and so I think I've got frequent fly points. I get to fly my family down for free. No. What happens is you get online, and it's free plus all the taxes. There's like a, an airport tax, and there's a luggage tax, and oh, look, if you want luggage, you've got to pay for that. If you want a, like landing, if you like the landing, you've got to pay extra to, get, to land. No, that's Tiger, actually. Uh, no, it's actually Tiger is if you want to take off. You've got to pay extra to take off because they don't normally do that. But anyway. And so you think you've got something for free, but then it's, it's free. It's totally free as long as you pay all these extra costs. If, if God was like Scrooge, it'd be salvation is free, but then you've got to pay. You've got to do all these certain things in order to tick all the boxes to pay so that you can get to heaven. So it's a free gift, but you've got to pay. And then you've got to fill out a survey at the end. <laughs> but it is, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that the generosity of God is that a, a, a wretched sinner like Renee, can open her heart up to God and say, Jesus, would you forgive my sin? And in an instant, the totality of salvation is upon her. In an instant. It's not like, okay, Renee, okay, you've got a little bit of salvation. What you need to do now is you need to find yourself a good church, which you've done, so, you know, tick. Um, And then you need to... uh, tithe 10% of your income, which you do, so tick again. Uh, you need to serve somewhere in the church. I mean, you're heading up the prophetic, so that's another tick. Um, and then, and if you do all those things, then you'll get the full version. Um, so it's like the, the pro version of, of uh, salvation. Okay, so at the moment, you've just got the trial version. It's 30 days. I've taken your credit card. Your 30-day trial version. But if you do all these other things, then you'll get the full version of salvation, and then you won't burn in hell for eternity. Okay, great. Isn't it great that salvation's not like that? That the minute you sign up, which we're going to have a sign-up ceremony after church, it's called an altar call. 
you raise your hand and say, Peter, pray for me. It's going to happen in less than eight minutes. The minute you sign up, bang, you've got all of salvation. Okay, let's have a look. If, if... Let me read your scripture. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, not of works lest any man should boast. In other words, salvation is completely and utterly the generosity of God and not the effort of humanity. Completely the generosity of God. If God was like Scrooge, eternity would have a time limit. If God was like Scrooge, eternity would have a time limit. Like I wanted to buy my motorbike. There's $17,000 if anyone's really interested, okay? Talus is excited. For $17,000, I can own it for, for forever. But there's a club now in Sydney where like it's for Maseratis and Porsches and you, you buy into the club and you get to own the car for like a month and then you give it back. So like maybe I could like buy my motorbike for like $1,000 and I could have it for a month but then give it back. So I'm, I'm buying it, I own it, but I only own it for a month. It's cheaper and then I give it back. What if salvation was like that? That Renee in the wretchedness of her sin, gives a heart to Jesus. But because God is like Scrooge and he doesn't want to just give her everything for eternity, says, okay, you're saved and you get to go to heaven, but just for a thousand years. At the end of a thousand, it's like a timeshare. At the end of a thousand years, you're just going to have soul sleep and it's all over. So you're going to have heaven for a thousand years uh, and then that's it. Or, we're running out of time, we'll leave that one. So, but the Bible says, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. There's not a timeshare. Salvation's not a timeshare. We get eternity in heaven. Do you want to know my theory of eternity? Here's my theory of eternity. Seeing David mess with us this morning about the fig trees and the twos, and I'm going to mess with you a little bit. So here's my theory on eternity, right? When you get to heaven, there's no time, which is going to change the way we sing, because singing is all about 4-4 time, and if there's no time, you're going to sing differently. So, Steve... Good luck with your guitar up there. But anyway, and don't you laugh, Brian. You're a drummer. <laughs> you're completely screwed. He'll just be like, he'll drum. He'll just go bang. And then he'll be waiting for time to pass to bang again. And there'll be no time passing. And Brian will just be sitting there in heaven with a, with a raised drum stick going, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Here's my theory of eternity. So there's no time in, in heaven. So when you get to heaven, there's no sense of time, but you're there for eternity. So you experience 
all of eternity in a moment in time. But that moment in time lasts for eternity. In other words, you are phenomenally always in the present, but you experience the fullness of heaven and eternity all at once. But that all at once lasts for eternity. Anyway, that's a free thought. Let's keep going. <laughs> Two more points in less than three minutes. If God was like Scrooge, there would be no inheritance. I'm not sure why I'm carrying this chocolate, but we'll keep carrying it. If God was like Scrooge... See, God gives us... Sometimes rich people die. I was listening to an interview the other day by uh, Ashton Kutcher. And who did Ashton Kutcher marry? Mila Kunis? Okay, so they're not giving any of their money to their kids because they say they don't want their kids to grow up privileged. They, they just want to, they want their kids to make their own way. And so when they die, they're going to give their money to someone else. And so I've written some letters, but anyway, don't worry about that because somewhere along the line, I've got to get a motorbike. But anyway, don't worry about that. And so, so they're not going to give their kids an inheritance. And so, see, when, ha- when, when Renee, in her wretched sinfulness, gives her life to Jesus and she gets, she gets Jesus. If God was like Scrooge, that's all she'd get. But see, God's not like Scrooge and so what Renee also gets is the Holy Spirit. What else Renee gets is the power to raise her hands and put her hands on Laura's head and give Laura healing through prayer. What Renee also gets is the peace which passes all understanding, that guards her heart and mind. What Renee also gets is a whole long list of things like abundant life, John 10.10, the God kind of life. Renee gets that. What Renee also gets is power and boldness to enter into the most holy place. She got access past to all all areas in heaven. So what Renee gets is this, this incredibly full version of not just salvation, but all the add-ons. You know when you buy a software package and you download it and you find out that all the software package does is actually open it up and if you actually want to use it, you've got to buy the add-ons. Welcome to Office 365. But anyway, don't worry about that. And then so you find out that you've got to buy, 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 buy. Well, with salvation, you get Jesus and all the add-ons because God is so generous towards us. But if God was like Scrooge, maybe you'd just get Jesus and none of the add-ons. If God was like Scrooge, we're wrapping it up. There's a muse has come back. Always relaxes people when the muse are coming back. <laughs> Praise Jesus, he's almost done. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. Actually, what it does is it means I'm going to go a little bit longer, but I'm just buying time because I've now relaxed you all because you all think I'm about to finish, which really I'm not. I'm just going to go a few minutes over time, but you're all relaxed now because the musos are back. Sorry, did I say that out loud? Anyway, I just used that. I just wasted my extra minutes, didn't I? Thank you, Julie, for pointing that out. Here, have some salvation. If God was like Scrooge, there'd be a waiting period for forgiveness. Because at the moment, right, if Renee, in all her sinfulness, gives her life to... You're, you're sick of me saying you're sinful, aren't you? Okay, all right, cool. If, if Renee, if she gives her life to Jesus like right now, and then three minutes later has a heart attack and dies, she gets all the salvation. 
the guy hanging on the cross beside Jesus. I mean, he'd done nothing in life. He's got like, he's got like about 28 minutes to go and he's dead. And he looks across at Jesus and he says, hey, Jesus, remember me this day in, in paradise. No, is that what he said? Yeah, he said, yeah, he said that. And then Jesus said, this day you'll be with me. And now he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's right. And then Jesus said, you, this day you'll be with me in paradise. But the guy hadn't done anything. I mean, he didn't get to church. He didn't get baptised. But the minute he, he accepted Jesus Christ, there was no waiting period. I remember when, when Mel and I were thinking about having a baby and we thought what we should do is actually we think about having law at the time and we were thinking, well, we should get some health insurance. So then we ring the health insurance up and we say, we want health insurance because we're about to have a baby. And then they said, yeah, but you've got to wait 12 months. So I've got to pay for 12 months for something that I can't use because what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, you can't get health insurance and then like be already pregnant because there's a waiting period. If God was like Scrooge, there'd be a waiting period. So Renee, in her sinfulness, gives her life to Jesus. But then Renee, you've got to wait 12 months, right? So you don't die for 12 months because the grace of God is coming your way, but it's not here for 12 months, okay? Particularly for existing sins, okay? Any new sins will be covered, right? But your existing sins... Like that speeding fine back in 1997, right? And that time you got cranky with the teacher, your supervising teacher, like, because Renee's a teacher, right? And one time she got cranky, right? That's not covered for 12 months. And after 12 months, all your sins will be forgiven. But you've got to wait. Isn't it great that God's not like that? Isn't it great that Renee can, can sin all she wants and she's covered by... No, no, don't. Isn't it great that all of Renee's sins are covered? And that if, and it's not going to happen, but if Renee went to heaven today, if Renee left this life today, she'd be in the presence of God. And you know, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus, and you respond by putting your hand in the air, and say, Peter, pray for me. Let me tell you something. If you were to leave this life this afternoon, you would get full salvation. There's no waiting period. You know why? Because God's not like Scrooge. God is incredibly generous. And my last point, as the musos continue to play. <laughs> if God was like Scrooge, maybe some sinners would be too bad to save. So like we'd save Renee because all she's done is speeding fines and got angry with the teachers. But we don't save the bad sins like using your mobile phone while you're driving. Or anybody that's a murderer or anybody that's, well, you can make up the bad stuff. Maybe if God was like Scrooge, there'd be, he'd, he'd, he'd give salvation to the, to, the, to the little sins, but the big sins, he wouldn't forgive. What an amazing thing. What an amazing thing that sin is sin and sin separates. 
And actually, in the economy of God, there's not bad sins and less bad sins. Sin is sin. And what an amazing thing that God has come down as a baby to ultimately take our sin at the cross. The Bible says that He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God. I need to stop. Here's where it lands. How generous is God? The generosity is just amazing. As every head's bowed, every eye's closed. If there's anybody here today that doesn't know Jesus, I, I, I would strongly encourage you to give your heart to Jesus today. The generosity of God that will be poured out on your life is amazing. Is there anybody here that would just raise their hand and say, Peter, pray for me? And let me tell you, if you raise your hand and you say the prayer after me, I'm telling you, salvation is going to be downloaded to you like you wouldn't believe today. Full salvation. The generosity of God. Is there anybody this morning would raise their hand and say, Peter, pray for me. I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Saviour. Wonderful. Is there anybody else this morning? Right now, that gentleman at the back, he's getting salvation, full version salvation. The generosity of God is being poured out right now. In this auditorium, we are seeing that right now. Life is being changed. Salvation is being downloaded. Christmas hope is happening right now. Don't underestimate what's happening in the spirit realm right now. Destinies are being changed. Wonderful. I'd like everyone to stand this morning. And we stand as a mark of honour and respect. We're going to say the sinner's prayer this morning. We're going to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Saviour. I'm going to invite that gentleman to say it with me. But I want everybody to say this this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank You for Your generosity. I thank You for Your generosity at the cross. That Your blood washes away my sin. That Your blood washes away my past. Today, Jesus... I ask you into my heart as my Lord and my Saviour. And I commit today, Jesus, to following you all the days of my life. Thank you for your generosity today. Amen. And Father, we just pray, Lord, for this gentleman today, God. Lord, as a church, we hold him up to you, Father, and we say thank you for saving him. Father, thank you for your generosity over his life. Lord, may he walk in your plan and purpose, Father, all the days of his life. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Let's put our hands together. That's exciting. Fantastic. Sorry I've gone over time a little bit, but I know that you're going to be generous just like Jesus, so it's all good. Stay and have some food and fellowship in the cafe. And uh, tonight we've got a great, great event happening with our Christmas dinner. Next week for, for uh, next Saturday night with the Christmas extravaganza. Make sure you invite somebody. We're going to finish off with a praise song. Thank you, worship team. Bless you. Have a great week. Hope you enjoyed that message. See you next week.